0: Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Liv Griffiths, and this is our look from everything from the Champions League to the National League. Joining me to discuss what has happened over the last week is freelance journalist Sandra Robbie. Sandra, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. How, how are you doing? You're right. I'm all right. I'm all right. We've got a lot to get through today, and later on, we have John Milton joining us to talk about the big Championship game in the Northeast. But before we go there. The- Champions League group stages started this week with lots of goals and a disappointing week for the English sides. Jonas Adeval had said in the build-up to his side's fixture against Barcelona that they were scared of them. Well, they might be petrified now, though, as last season's Champions League winners beat the Gunners 4-1, which made it a first defeat in all competitions since February. Mariona Caldenti scored the rebound from former Gunner Asisat Ashishwala, shot for the first. Nigerian Ashishwala Set up Alexia Patelis to slot home and added a third herself from a sublime Mariona through ball. Frieda Marnum bundled in a consolation for the visitors before Lika Martins chipped in the fourth for the holders. Hoffenheim beat Kerger 5 0 in Tuesday's other Group C game. Next week in the Champions League, the Gunners host German side Hoffenheim on Thursday, the 14th of October, with Barcelona going to Denmark to face Koch. On Wednesday evening, Chelsea came from 3-1 down to draw at home to Wolfsburg. Emma Emma Hayes' side had taken the lead through a sublime curler from Sam Kerr, but Chelsea handed the German side three goals. Tabia was smooth with a double and former Arsenal forward Jill Ward grabbing the other. Blues fought back thanks to Beth England scoring with her first touch since coming on as a sub and Peniel Harder scoring against her former club in injury time. Juventus topped the group as they had a comfortable win in Switzerland at Civet. Oh, Sandra, lots, lots, lots of talking points in that. Arsenal—they've had a good start to the season in the WSL. Do you feel like this was a rude awakening for them? Yes, I
1: know. I mean, obviously, you know, Barcelona really set—you know—set about them the same way they did with, um, you know, Chelsea in the Champions League final earlier this year uh yeah i mean they were well on top pretty much for for most of the game and the pressing was intense you know as you mentioned for with caldente uh, pateas and also oshwala um you know all, all three of them were you know were, were fantastic in front in front for um for barcelona um i think it's probably better for them now to have that result now so they can you know if they do progress beyond the group stages and possibly face uh the you know the spanish champions uh further down the line they know exactly what to do. And in the second half, obviously, uh, Eideville made some, some, you know, three substitutions that made the difference. I mean, obviously you've got Nikita Paris who has that experience of winning with Lyon, which is so crucial. And obviously you've also got Tobin Heath, World Cup winner, bringing that level of experience to that game. And it it did kind of make a difference. And you, you wonder what would have happened had those three started, but I think, you know, it, 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 Yeah, maybe, okay. you could say slight rude awakening, but maybe it's good for Arsenal to have that result. If they're going to have that result, have it at this point so that, you know, you know exactly what you're going to do when you play them, if you play them further down the line, apart from obviously the um, second leg. Mm
0: -hmm. And you talked there about individuals and them having experience of winning things, but obviously Barcelona won it last season. Do you think they're favourites again to win the competition this, I this year? I think
1: so. I think so. I mean, they just look devastating going forward, and the the pressing is incredible from that team. They just look like they have endless amounts of energy. Um, you know, Arsenal are you know top side in England, one of the top sides in Europe, with some of the best strikers, um, are, you know, maybe in the world, in Vivian Medema, and obviously Tobin Heath to Marquaribucci. So uh, you know, so I think that Barcelona do look, look to me kind of like favourites we'll, we'll wait and see it could obviously be completely different we'll see what happens as the, the the competition progressive progresses and if Arsenal and Chelsea get out of the group stages if their form improves you know as the competition goes on it'd be interesting to see how it pans out but the way Barcelona are at the moment just in terms of the pressing and just the goals they score uh, against top quality opposition they do kind of look like the favourites to me
0: but this is why we love football isn't it lots of twists yeah. and turns yeah. and stories yeah. and but Chelsea, Emma Hayes, Bermond, Cilieras attacking-wise, they are good enough to win the Champions League, aren't they? But do you just feel like their defence lets them down slightly? I just think, I mean, those things,
1: again, similar to Arsenal's, if you're going to have those, have them now. I think those things were, you know, if you if you took those things away, Chelsea would have had the win. It's more than likely that they're lying that kind of stuff out. It probably won't happen uh, you know, in their next group games and if they get out of the group and what have you progress in the competition, I, I think Chelsea also favourites too. I think definitely. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them in Barcelona back in the final like, uh, again, you know, uh, with this year's competition. But yeah, I think those mistakes will probably be ironed out by Hayes and by her players. I mean, that, that's very unusual for them. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you hope so. Elsewhere in the Champions League, in Group D, Ada Heberberg made her long-awaited return from a 21-month layoff from injury. The Norwegian striker hadn't played since January 2020 after suffering an anterior cruciate ligament injury. The Champions League all-time top scorer came on with 12 minutes to go as Leon saw out a comfortable 3-0 win over Hacken in Sweden. Benfica and Bayern Munich drew 0-0 in Group B, Real Madrid grabbed a 1 0 away in Ukraine against Zitabud. Also in the group, Paris Saint Germain won 2 0 away in Iceland at Breidablik, thanks to goals from Leah Khalifi and the captain, Grace Euro. Moving on to domestic matters now. In the WSL, of the weekend kicked off with a mouth-watering tie on Saturday lunchtime, the Manchester City Derby, with United ahead of City for the first time ever and going into the game as favourites. City did have Georgia Stanway sent off for a really high tackle on Leo Galton, but they dominated the first half and took the lead when Bunny Shaw headed in Demi Stokes' cross. <laughs> but United equalised at the start of the second half as Lucy Stanifold beautifully backheeled in from a quickly taken corner. Alessia Russo, Russo then took the lead as she managed to squeeze one in from the edge of the area. But City grabbed an equaliser when Jess Park's thunderous effort was tipped onto the bar by Mary Ips, but it hit Ips and rolled into the path of Ellen White, and she doesn't miss those. Mark Skinner felt it was a missed opportunity, but still was pleased overall and said his team was still in development. City were delighted to grab a point. Lauren Hemp praised the character of her teammates. Unfortunately, though, Georgia Stanway did reveal afterwards she had received abuse on social media, as if she wasn't feeling bad enough. Sandra, that game that game had everything, all the all the sort of glory and the baddies and everything going on but do you feel like it was a missed opportunity for Man United considering they were seen as the favourites for this? I think uh,
1: you know they would have been disappointed they got those two goals in five minutes and they seemed thrilled And and I mean I'm sure they would have hoped to hold out to get that first win against City in the WSL so and I mean, at the very least, they got the point, so at least it 's better than than losing but yeah they, they probably would have felt this is, would have been a good time to try and get that win, considering the result that city had uh la- last weekend against West Ham with West Ham compre- you know winning two 0 so yeah I, yes it, I, I can imagine I can see why they felt like it was a missed opportunity, but I think at the same time I think Mark going said he was pleased to see that his players were disappointed that they just got that to, you know that they got the draw that it you know wasn 't enough for them because uh, prior to the game, he was talking about how he wants his players to adopt a derby mentality for every single game that they play, and maybe this result might be the thing that that prompts that for the rest of the season for for them. I mean, it was a great game, you know, and obviously, you know, Georgia Stanway, they, you know, had that tackle on Leah Golden, but she apologised after, you know, afterwards, and and she did mention the online abuse she had, but then also. Leah Golter tweeting her support in, you know, in support of um, Georgia Stanway, just saying that it was one of these things that happens and it's not fair that she gets trolled online. So, I mean, it had everything that game. It certainly did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, with a possible suspension, lots of players injured for City. Surely Gareth Taylor would have been quite relieved to have taken a point. He's He's kind of a man under a little bit of pressure there, isn't he?
1: Possibly, but he said that he, you know, they would have liked to have won. That you know, they they felt he felt that if had they kept the full number of players on the pitch, they would have got the win. Um, considering the goals they scored with Khadijah Shaw and obviously Ellen White, you know, getting getting that towards you know the equaliser later on in the game. But yeah, no points. At least it's not a loss. You know, otherwise that would have been, you know, a lot more pressure on him, perhaps on the players, but. You've got the you've got the one point. You have a little bit of a breather from the WSL with the international break coming up. Well, not next week, but well, tomorrow, but the week after. So it's a kind of it's a, a you know point to get a draw to build on for the for the remaining games for for the season.
0: Yeah, and and probably a probably the right score line. I think both teams didn't deserve a yeah. lot, did they? No. Right, Arsenal Arsenal bounced back from their midweek Champions League disappointment to continue their 100% start of the season with a 3-0 win over Everton. Katie McCabe gave the host the lead with a beautiful dip in left-foot volley from just outside the area after 32 minutes. If you haven't watched the highlights, I recommend that you do because it was a thing of beauty. Defender Lottie wu then headed home a second just before the interval. Norway's Freedom Arnhem 25-yard strike sealed the win with just under five minutes of normal time remaining. It was a slap in the face for Willie Kirk as he thought he had signed Marnham after she had left Swedish side Link Coppins in the summer. It was a fantastic strike. I thought I'd signed her, but for whatever reason, it never came through and she ended up at Arsenal. She damaged us today. I know how good a player she is because I wanted to bring her in to the club so it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Arsenal... (laughs) There's no one, is there anyone that's going to stop them? They look a real deal this season, don't they? They seem to have gone up a whole other level.
1: I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when they go and face Chelsea at Kings Meadow. I think that will be a completely different game to the opener um, or, you know, the opening against the Blues at uh, uh, the Emirates on the opening day of the season. They do seem unstoppable. The form in the league is very impressive. I mean, Katie McCabe, her goal. Katie McCabe also just is an all-round player. Versatility she has to play in different positions on the pitch, but then you know, and then the Frida Marnham's proving to be a very shrewd summer signing for for the club, showing her quality quickly. Uh, but then just right across the pitch from Midemar to Paris to to Beth Mead, but then also at the back with Leah Williamson, Lot and Moy looks like she's in very good form. Um, you know, it's just uh, just very impressive. In the fact, they've got quality both on the bench and you know wh- whoever is in the starting eleven, and then. What's also quite impressive is if some, we haven't seen much of them, but the youth players coming through as well. People like Taya Goldie, who just very impressive quality right through the ranks of Arsenal. They'll, they will take some stopping. it would just be interesting to see what happens when they, when they face a Chelsea at Kingsmeadow later this season.
0: That's the one. That, that is, that is yeah. the deciding game. I already said it now, so it's in my head too. But speaking of summer signings, it's not just Arsenal that have like grown. Everton have also made some investment. They brought in some players as well. Do you feel like it's a bit frustrating, perhaps, at Everton at the moment? They, they can't seem to challenge these top teams at the moment. Where, where do you sort of see them? Like a kind of mid-table?
1: Um, I think I imagine them finishing higher up the table as to where that will be, because the thing with top four at the moment is very competitive. You've got Tottenham in there. real has done such a fantastic job of rebuilding the side over the summer. And obviously, they've had their first loss today, but the performances they've put in across all competitions since the start of the season have been very good. Then you've got Bryson as well, who I'd say are dark horses. Again, bounce back from that loss against Aston Villa, which I'm sure will have disappointed them to then pick up the win against Tottenham uh, today. So I think it's going to be very, very competitive, but I wouldn't be surprised if Everton rise up the table. It might just be because they've got the new signings in, you know, that things need to gel a little bit more with some of the players. But I imagine that will happen more, you know, sooner rather than later. And I, I'd be surprised if they, I can't see them finishing low in the table. And whether it will be top four, I don't know, but I imagine they'll finish, but certainly higher up the table.
0: Well, like you mentioned, there are some other teams that have had a bright start. And Arsenal are now three points clear at the top after their North London rivals Tottenham slipped up at Brighton, as you've alluded to. Korean Leah Min gave the Seagulls a dessert no first half lead beating Rebecca Spencer with a coolly taken low finish. Spurs striker Rachel Williams was sent off for a second yellow card before Victoria Williams added a second for Brighton in the closing stages. Kit Graham immediately hit back, but Spurs, who had won their opening four games, could not find the equaliser. So Emma Hayes called Hope Powell one of the best managers in the world recently. She's doing quite a good job at Brighton, isn't she? Like We've, I, we've always alluded, I've always said Brighton are an underdog.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hope Powell's done a very, 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 very good job indeed from building them up they've come up from the Championship. She's built, added, retained some, some you know, very good, experienced in- uh, players, including people like Kaylee Green, the Wales, uh, you know, international, but also a very versatile player, you know, Victoria Williams, Daniel Carter, shrew- shrewd addition to the squad, adds a lot of quality up top. And then you've got people like, obviously, Fliss Gibbons in defence, Ellie Brazil as well. I haven't seen that much of her, but then also Maya, Letitia, but then again up top, you've got Ailey, Whelan, very hardworking, uh, you know, valuable, invaluable member of that team. They've got very good players and very, you know, ex- experienced internationals. I mean, I mean, some of those could quite easily be in the squads of obviously like, you know, Arsenal, like potentially even Chelsea or what have you, but they're, they're just a very good team. So, I mean, it'd be, I'd, I'd like I wonder I'm going to be interested to see what they do when they face... Uh, I mean, with Chelsea, they gave me, I think, possibly, you know, I think Hope Powell alluded in her press conference to, you know, Chelsea probably being relieved to score that third goal because when Daniel Carter pulled one back, you know, it makes things slightly, I guess, nervy because we know what, that Brighton have it in them to beat the likes of Chelsea if they need to. But it'd be interesting to see how things progress uh, when they come up, say, for example, against City. Uh, later, later this term, and if they can pick up a win or a point from, you know, last year's title runners-up, and then obviously win or win the games against teams mid-table or lower down, it'd be interesting to see where Brighton, Brighton go. I mean, someone said to me before, or you know, just the start of the season, that they see them as dark horses in terms of that top four, you know, finish. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see them progressing and, and doing as well as they are. And as, and as um, Emma Hay says, I mean, Hope Powell's one of the best coaches and someone who's really helped to develop and grow the women's game. So it's good to see that Brighton are doing well under her.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, they kind of have slipped under the radar, but always bubbling away in the background. And Spurs are kind of similar. They've had a great start to the season, do you think this is the blip now, and they're going to maybe tail off towards you know mid-table again, or or do you still see them as quite strong contenders to put themselves in the mix when they play like big teams?
1: I think they'll be in the mix. I think you know what was interesting was watching them in that um, you know the FA Cup game they played against Arsenal um, last week. Just Seeing them get off the mark first was interesting. Just the fact that Rachel Williams again another great. Uh, player for that team, but then also the, the, they've just got quality across the team. Experienced players who uh, Rianne, obviously the new players Rianne is brought in over Rianne is brought in over the summer. But then obviously your you know long term experienced players like um, Ashley Neville, Ria Percival in there. Um, I don't think they'll. i be surprised if they do tell us. I don't think that's the case. I think it, you know they'll be using this to build on this loss to build on, um, and it. I can imagine them picking up more points against team's lower half as well. So I think they'll be in the mix, as you say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea leapfrog Spurs into second as they scored two late goals to see off Leicester City. The Foxes had frustrated Chelsea up until the 83rd minute and had looked set to be the first WSL team to keep a clean sheet against Chelsea in three years. But Peniel Harder opened the scoring as she finished a Jess Fleming cutback and Fran Kirby slotted home in injury time. Defeat for Leicester means they've become in the first WSL side to lose their first five games of the season since Yeovil lost their opening six in 2018. I mean, Sandra Emma left players like Sam Kerr, G, Erin Cuthbert harder on the bench. She needed to bring them on again. They t- they changed the game. Do you think Chelsea's strength in depth? Isn't quite as strong as the other teams. Like we have talked about, Arsenal having it, you know, on the bench and the starting eleven. But- no,
1: I think they're they're solid. They've got a lot of uh, strength and depth in, you know, in, in their side. And obviously, over the summer, what they brought, um, you know, they brought in a new defender from um, PSV Eindhoven, from a PSV Eindhoven player, I believe. And then also, you've got, um, you know, she hasn't started yet, but Lauren James is there, and she's got. Quality. She was what last year UEFA highlighted. Last season, should I say UEFA, UEFA highlighted her as one of the young players to watch in Europe. So um, they've got a lot of quality, you know. With whether you know, so if Sam Kerr and Kirby aren't starting, obviously Beth England's there as well. and she's nice no out, she's a you know very very good st- uh, goal scorer, very good, very good working forward. So um, I mean Chelsea, it's going to Chelsea are going to be there and thereabouts. I mean not far behind Arsenal. You know, so again, three points off the top, it won't be. I think they'll be they'll, they'll be either looking to retain or they'll be close uh, in terms of the title race. I, I think they've got plenty of quality there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Leicester were just a tough team to break down today. Yeah, and, right, and but... Jonathan Morgan, he's built them up, and they did amazing in the championships. Not quite going to plan in the WSL. Do you feel he's under pressure, or do you just think? It's just adapting that gap from Championship to WSL. It's adapting,
1: I think. I mean, it's like they're get, getting used to it. They've got some WSL players in there. And obviously, you've got Jess Sixworth who, who moved from Man United to, to Leicester. They've got... Uh, one thing Jonathan Morgan mentioned in his press conference um, before the game was that the season is long. And, OK, it's not, the start is, it hasn't been ideal but it, the, the season is not going to end after five or six games. It's a long season and things could pick up. And it's when, when they get either that first point or that first win that they might go on get some momentum. Um, and, they, uh, you know, both uh, Jonathan Morgan and Sam Tierney um, were saying that the, the m- m- spirit in the squad is still high. Still, they're still very motivated. And I think despite the loss today, they can take some confidence from the fact that they held out for 80-odd minutes against one of the best teams in Europe. And, you know, so there is something that you can take away from that, Um, you know, I guess, as they move into the next game. I know the run they've got is a bit tricky after, you know, in the the league after this match with Chelsea. But um, they can, I guess, take confidence. In fact, they held out for for a long period of time against the champions.
0: That's a nice spin. I I like what you've done there. But one team who looked on course for the same fate as Leicester were Reading, but they finally got their campaign up and running with a 3-0 win at home against Aston Villa. Emily Aikland opened the scoring on 16 minutes when her shot looped over Villa keeper Hannah Hampton. Rachel Rose' rasping drive doubled the Royals' lead three minutes later before Natasha Dowie's superb strike followed on the stroke of half-time. And finally, Birmingham City moved off the bottom as they grabbed their first point of the season with a 1-1 draw at West Ham to stop a run of five consecutive defeats as Louise Quinn denied West Ham a third win on the spin. It looked like the Hammers were on course for another victory when Claudia Walker had opened the scoring. Ah, You've got to love Birmingham, they are fighters. Anyway, it's time to move on to the championship next. The big game of the day was the North East Derby as Sunderland hosted Durham. Our North East reporter John Middleton was there. Hi John, nice to see you.
2: Hi Liv, thanks for having me on.
0: No problem. So John, a crowd of over 800 for the first Riverware derby in four years. Tell us about it. Great atmosphere, great game.
2: Absolutely. Um, the flags were put out by Sunderland, welcoming them back to their ground um, where they've, they've been playing at the Stadium alike for the last couple of weeks, a in the turf and everything. Um, but yes, um, I wasn't sure what to expect to be perfectly honest. Sunderland have come back up to this level and um Durham have been riding high for quite a few seasons now um so being a Durham fan i wasn't absolutely convinced it'd be an easy ride it wasn't it was a typical derby um some crunching tackles but as with the the northeast clubs they all know each other all the players know each other they've played with together at university or at various clubs so along with that a big a big family occasion really um, within the crowd as well. Uh, but two great goals settled it. Uh, Beth Heppel with a trademark free kick and then Molly Lambert against a old club from a uh, shot from just outside the area. Uh, first half, quite even. Durham soaked any pressure up quite easily. And then they were just too strong for Sunderland in the end.
0: Sounds sounds like it had everything. Do you think Sunderland will be fine this year despite their recent wobble?
2: Yes, yeah, they, they've got they've got some quality players who've been there quite a long time. Kira Remshaw, for example, um, Abby Joyce. They've got some youth coming in, um, some good players. I, I can't see them struggling that much. They've they've had a few good results already this season. Um, they just came up against a tough team like Durham today.
0: Elsewhere, Liverpool are in second after they beat Sheffield United at Bramall Lane on Saturday. Chelsea, Loney, Charlotte Wardlaw and Leon Kiernan gave the Reds a half-time lead. Sheffield United, after being top a couple of weeks ago, are now down to fifth. John, is there nervousness in the Durham camp, knowing what happened last year? With Liverpool now looking strong, this is a tough league to get out of, don't you think?
2: It is. I've been watching them since, since, since 2014, since their formation. Uh, they've gradually got better. They've gone as a club. Um, and, you know, the last couple of seasons, fourth, third, second. And I know you're alluding to uh, Leicester City um, and what happened last year. But Durham are, they are part-timers still. And they're, they're going towards the model of full-time. They've got some full-time staff now. Um they're training like a full-time team. So all the, the all the players are coming in from work and then training a couple of hours afterwards four times a week and then playing, etc. Um am I worried? I don't, it's too early to tell. We've only had six games. I know we're doing pretty well at the moment, um, but everybody seems to be around the top. That we, we lost to Sheffield United. Um Sheffield United have lost to Liverpool. Liverpool, well, we'll see on uh, November the 14th, shall we? And then I'll be able to answer your question a little bit better. Um, But there's there's quality throughout the league. Everyone's going to beat everybody else. They have the potential. At the moment, Durham are doing pretty well. They're tough defensively. Maybe they need a couple more goals up front. uh, But for the first time, for a long time, we've got a rather large positive goal difference. So we'll we'll focus on that. We'll, we'll see, we'll be there or thereabouts I'm sure
0: We'll bring you back on after November 14th and we'll, oh, Yeah, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what we then. But it's a really big tie in the Country Cup, isn't it, on Thursday for Durham, they're hosting Manchester United How are you feeling about that?
2: <laughs> well, the last time uh, they came to Durham, they lost 3-1 um, So, you know that, that's I've just, I've just written in my programme notes that that's a game that we all remember. That's one of our favourite games as Durham fans. Um, and the players will also say the same. A lot of the players who played that day for Durham are still there or around the club. Um, you know, you, you've spoken about Manchester United at length already. They're always a big team, a team everybody wants to beat. Um, they're fourth in WSL. Um, who knows who will turn up, really? You know, who, who's... What's the... Uh, the priority this season, I know for Durham, it's definitely to get out of the league. Um, the Cup will be a nice distraction. It's under the lights um, against a big team. We're underdogs, which at the moment, we're not usually underdogs this season. And we do like being underdogs, to be honest, as I'm sure some other teams will tell you, having visited Durham in the past. So it's, it's going to be a sellout. We're going to have over a thousand people there. It's going to be live on the radio again. Um, I'm looking forward to it, I really
0: on London City Lionesses are joint second on goal difference after coming from behind to beat bottom of the table Watford Welsh international Helen Ward had given the Hornets the lead but Brook and Annie Rossiter meant the Lionesses roared on to get the three points Charlton are just a point behind having beaten Bristol City 2-1 Emma Wallace's two goals including a 94th minute winner meant the addicts broke the hearts of the Vixens. This was Lauren Smith's first game in permanent charge of Bristol City after the 33 year old had returned as interim boss in the summer. Crystal Palace leapfrogged Sunderland after a 3 2 win at Coventry thanks to goals from Kirsty Barton, Molly Sharp, and Siobhan Wilson. And Lewis beat Blackburn by a goal to nil. Ellie Hack's goal after two minutes was enough for the Sussex side to claim all three points. Coming up this week, it's the second group games in the Champions League and also the Conti Cup returns. In the Champions League, Chelsea travelled to Turin on Wednesday looking to pick up their first win of the competition. Sandra, it's another tough assignment for the Blues, isn't it? Are, are you going to be covering it? Are you going to be watching?
1: Um, I'm not sure as yet. Yeah, I'll need to speak to my my desk i, I I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea do pick up that win. Um, you know, they they came so close, like you say, it was it's only errors that stopped them from from taking all three points against Wolf, Wolfsburg. So I'd be stunned if they, they don't pick up a win, at the very least a point.
0: Yep. And on Thursday, as we mentioned, Arsenal host Hoffenheim in Group C as they will look to bounce back from their defeat in Spain. This is where Arsenal need to sort of, put it behind them, show their credentials off the back of a 3-0 win this weekend. It's, it's going to look good for them. Surely, surely they can get some points out there?
1: Yeah, you hope so. I mean, Obviously, Hoffenheim won their opening group stage game. So, uh, yeah, again, similar to Chelsea, they'll be keen to just get that win on the board. So, you know, obviously the, only the top two make it out of that group. So uh, they'll be keen to make sure that they get that win to get things going for them in terms of this stage of the competition.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and like you said earlier, no WSL for a few weeks now, so I guess we'll have to tune into the Champions League and the, and watch uh, John's team on the Conti Cup.
1: Yeah, that and also England against Northern Ireland in their World Cup qualifier um, in Wembley on the twenty yeah. third. Yeah,
0: I'm going to that one. You yeah. just reminded me. <laughs> Right, that's everything we have time for today. Thank you so much, Sandra and John, for joining me. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at TWFP1 and Instagram at the Women's Football Podcast and also subscribe via all good podcasting platforms.